Chapter Sixteen of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Last night measured by daylight. It was all fairyland to Jenny West. The evening was so lovely, the carriage so luxurious, the accessories all so perfect. She was conscious of looking remarkably well, and Will was so handsome. Then, too, as they rolled smoothly down Beckman Avenue, some of the very girls that she would have preferred above all others to have seen her under those circumstances, walked slowly by, casting admiring, not to say envious, glances at the occupants of the carriage. Will was in a specially genial mood, for he was a young man given to fluctuations in his moods, even when with Jenny West. Sometimes he was so nearly silent as to be almost moody, and his heart would be evidently busy with perplexing thoughts, but on this evening he chatted gaily, yet with a gentleness in the gaiety, and a careful attention to his companion's comfort, such as made her heart throb with gratified something, who shall say whether it was love or pride. The subjects for conversation were numerous, and sufficiently interesting, so that Jenny, while she thought of that important matter about which, you will remember, she intended to talk with him that very evening, she told herself it wasn't a suitable opportunity just now, she would wait a little, and as they neared the whirl of the city, she said, still to her inner self, when we are coming home will be just the time for a grave subject like that. There are too many people looking at us now, and it is too light and bustling, it is almost like being in society. When it is dark and quiet all around will be a much more suitable time for earnest talk. Will is so full of life now, I presume he will have calmed down by that time. So she dismissed the prayer meeting as a topic for conversation, and gave herself up to pleasure. As for the opera, it was all that operas generally are, and perhaps more than some. The simple truth is that this young lady and gentleman, in purity of sentiment, were above the play to which they were listening. The style of dressing presented was such as covered Jenny's face with blushes, and made her attendant wish several times that he had not been such a fool as to bring her. The main reason that either of them endured in quiet that which offended their sense of propriety was because the house was well filled with fashionable people, whose position in society, Jenny at least, thought was such as to warrant one in being pleased with whatever pleased them. So, though she blushed, she also laughed. Moreover, there was, of course, a great deal to enjoy. The carefully studied scenery, the witching music, the exquisite play of light and shade, the exquisite toilets, all combined to fascinate a wiser head than Jenny, at her best, possessed. The fact that a great deal of the singing was in an unknown tongue was a greater source for thankfulness than at least these two realized. However much she might have desired to admire, because it was a fashionable opera, and the fashionable world admired it, I feel sure that could poor Jenny have understood the meaning of some of those sentences, she would have blushed not only, but would have withdrawn herself from that indecent presence. Whatever may have been said of the larger portion of the audience, I am glad to be able to tell you that Will and Jenny could not translate, 
and never had heard translated much that they listened to that evening this being the case what was there about it all that seemed such an intoxication is there something peculiarly sensuous in music jenny found herself yielding more and more to the spell which she did not understand had she been familiar with the lotus eaters she might have quoted from their story to describe her sensations life real actual daylight life seemed horrible to her something to shrink from dread to sit forever surrounded by all the soft and tender and exquisite sights and sounds the dreamy lull of music floating around her will coleman slowly swaying her elegant fan to and fro in exquisite time with the music this was life happiness heaven nothing else was worth a thought did she put all this nonsense into words not at all she was not even conscious save in a dim way that she thought it she did not know that her mental faculties were actually intoxicated well it ended at last as even such hours of bliss will end and they passed out into the darkness only for a moment they made their speedy way to a refreshment room and jenny daintily tasted an ice while will drank before her eyes a glass of wine it was something that he rarely did before her something that he knew she in a sort of fashion disapproved yet to-night he was excited and felt that he needed it to steady his nerves besides was her disapproval so very great she only shook her head at him and said oh will i am ashamed of you but she smiled and looked so pretty while she said it that he felt provoked to tempt her to say it again she is as pretty as a witch to-night he muttered as he drained the last drop i wish i could take her to the theatre or to the opera or somewhere every night of her life and there were no days between to think about i wish i had a fortune hang it all i wonder if i dare take another glass it was more fortunate for jenny than she knew that he decided another glass unsafe his was not the sort of brain that could bear even one glass steadily and he hurried her somewhat abruptly away from her ice and into the carriage in a few moments they left the brilliantly lighted streets and were alone and quiet no society now nothing to prevent that earnest talk which jenny was to have had with her friend that evening the soft balmy air hovered around them and the holy stars looked down on them and every influence of nature was calming and ennobling what was the trouble with jenny every nerve was in an intense and unnatural quiver she had by no means calmed into her ordinary self life was an intoxication still not a grave day-by-day -day reality she didn't think of the days at all only the witching star-lighted nights and soft cushions and careful hands to draw her wrappings about her she hummed a bar from the most dreamy strain that the opera contained and said wasn't it perfectly lovely will did you like it he asked her and he looked down on her and she looked beautiful to him neither did his voice have its usual poise he had the added excitement of a glass of wine to combat like it she said ecstatically it was heaven 
the comparison did not jar her neither was it said with the intention of being irreverent her senses were aglow do you think during that four miles drive she said anything to him about the prayer meeting or about joining the church and leading in prayer and taking his position as a responsible and prominent member the church she forgot its existence what had the church in common with this entrancing star-lighted night with the weird strains of the opera still sounding in their ears just now would she have cared to hear his voice in prayer what mattered whether he was ever an officer of the church i do not wish you to understand that any of these thoughts presented themselves for her to settle for they were simply so utterly unimportant that she forgot them all jenny her companion said looking down on her as she curled in a graceful little ball among the cushions don't you wish we were a million miles from home and it was going to take us forever to get there ah me as they count distances who understand the relative importance of things how many million miles were those two from home god grant that it may not take them forever to reach there this was a speech that will coleman in his cooler moments would think silly would sneer over it is a pity for a man to make remarks to a woman that even he himself will have to sneer over when he remembers them afterward but jenny was in no mood to help him yes she said with a delicious sense of dreaminess to her voice i wish nothing was anywhere what did that mean not even jenny knew and if she didn't who should the young man kept looking at her he hesitated a little he struggled dimly with his judgment but it was such a witching night and she was so pretty and well he was in no mood to struggle why should he why should anybody do anything save exactly what he wants to do jenny he said and he bent his head lower and drew her wrapping more closely around her and herself more closely to him dear jenny do you think i am going to tell you what was said even over such a miserable little caricature of love as this for the sake of the high and holy feeling which it imitates i would draw the veil of silence you can imagine what was said the impassioned words that were spoken the solemn promises that were made what a solemn pity it is that neither of those young things for so far as regarded their knowledge of life and its responsibilities and solemnities both were young what a pity that they should play with promises so sacred nor realize that the eternal god looking down upon them heard their vows and recorded them for their eyes to meet again after this living is over it was not until hours afterward that jenny all her pretty things thrown wildly around mrs evans's guest chamber as she overturned a pile of laces to find a stray brush was reminded by a glimpse of her bible that she had designed this evening's conversation in a different channel i declare she said aloud pausing in her search i never said a single word to will about joining the church or anything i forgot every breath about it oh well how could i be expected to know what strange things he would have to say to me 
and she blushed and laughed to herself in the light of the tardy moon that was just flooding the eastern sky then the soliloquy went on i shall have opportunity enough hereafter to say what i choose and he will be bound to heed what i say besides i wonder if we shall go to many operas together will said the music was well enough but oh dear what nonsense he talked to-night i wonder if he meant half of it there was a happy light in her eyes she fully believed just then that he meant much more than half of it but it was thus that she dismissed the subject of the church and will's proposed prominent part in it no i mistake it was not dismissed yet her thoughts reverted to it the moment she knelt to pray if ever jenny west was to pray for her friend you would think it might be on the night when she had promised to be his forever but she found i cannot say to her dismay that it was even harder than usual to hold her thoughts they would flutter around that eventful evening and live over again its scenes if her thoughts while she knelt there in the attitude of prayer could have been photographed before her i fancy they might have startled her a little they ran somewhat after this manner our father who art in heaven i really don't know whether i care to have will join the church after all people can be good without that he is real good i am sure if i ever do half as well as he has done i shall be content hallowed be thy name some people have such overstrained ideas about a public profession callie would think he ought never to go inside of an opera after that i wonder what callie will say to the news i have to give her as if there could be any harm in operas i'm sure the music was heavenly and the whole scene the lights and flowers and the colors and everything was unlike earth enough to make one think of heaven thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven will is such a perfect gentleman it is a pleasure to have him even pick up one's handkerchief he does it so gracefully i wish callie and her husband hadn't so many notions i fairly dread to tell her about it she will have a lecture for us both i don't want to be as good as callie is now that's a fact she is too good for this earth she ought to wait until she goes to heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors if he only had money he would be just perfect what a shame it is that his old aunt didn't leave her property to him i hate the sight of that prinking red-haired niece that got it all she thought she would get will by the means i'll show her that she missed her calculation in that respect lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil will shall take me to the theatre occasionally anyhow i've never been to the plays that i want most to hear for thine is the kingdom do you imagine she realized the two trains of thought which she was carrying on i don't think she did the form of the prayer was so familiar to her that she did not need to hold her thoughts to the words and she was so used to letting them flutter off in that wild fashion on whatever chanced to occur next that she did not feel the startling incongruity at the close of the formula she did draw her thoughts away long enough to put up one sincere if selfish petition oh lord please take care of my dear will i wonder if he has gotten home yet 
this last sentence not included in the prayer but insisting on presenting itself in the same breath to be thought about as for will coleman he dismissed the carriage at the corner feeling the need of a walk in the cool quiet air to calm his blood after all the excitements of the evening what he thought he kept entirely to himself not even expressing it by a whistle he let himself into his boarding-house in a very quiet fashion quietly made his way upstairs lighted his lamp and saw first that bible lying open exactly where he had left it several days before lying on his bookshelf where he had lain it proof positive of the amount of daily care his room received and of the amount of bible reading that he had since done he seized it now closed it roughly without a glance at the fly-leaf and tossed it to the topmost shelf without a word the next morning there was no moonlight no starlight no music only for the young man a sense of exhaustion following the late hours and intense excitement of the night before and the dull headache which always followed a glass of wine hey ho he said with a weary yawn i've got to get through another day at that confounded store selling potatoes and onions and cabbage and cheese i wish the world was made of rose leaves and we dined off nectar and ambrosia eight hundred dollars a year and house rent and cabbage and what not to say nothing of opera tickets and carriage hire and kid gloves six buttons on them too i counted last night i wonder that didn't steady my nerves what a confounded simpleton i was the idea of my acting like a youth with ten thousand a year still i don't know how a fellow was going to help it the music and the witchery generally got hold of me and she is as pretty as a doll if it weren't for money it would be all right some people succeed in making money in this world but they don't do it selling onions and the like for other folks to pocket the profits i believe i must cast about for a better way and jenny well it was morning with her and the flowers she wore the night before had withered and the witching curls of her hair were one irritable snarl also she heard mr and mrs evans in their room talking talking too loud dane was when the guest chamber had an occupant the fact is eva this is what she heard him say the fact is we must retrench in some way or i must just admit that i am a dishonest man and cannot pay my bills i have no sort of idea how i am to meet those already made and they grow larger every day of our lives there is mismanagement somewhere pshaw said the lady in the guest chamber as she jerked out a whole frizz which had tied itself up into a million cross little knots if will ever ventures to speak to me in any such fashion as that he'll be sorry i can assure him bills and retrenchment and embarrassment i wonder if i am doomed to hear that story all my life if i thought i was i'd want to go to the next opera and have a good time and drown myself in the river on the way home will and i isn't it a sad beginning to a union of care and trial and responsibility and pain when the first morning afterward looks just as it did to those two and yet they thought poor things that they loved each other 
End of chapter 16